You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. There has always been a global war on juice. There, you know, do you want to understand what a minority we are? I'm a secular Jew, just so you know, and there's a ton of us, okay? But the most, the, the highest number you could reach with all kinds of us, and we're all different. There's different, different kinds. <laughs> there's Reform, there's Orthodox, there's Ultra Orthodox, there's Hasidim, there's uh, this, there's that. 15 million in all the world. 15 million in the whole world. A billion Muslims and 15 million Jews. Think about that. following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. Once she grabs, she won't let go. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. None of that soft stuff. Rock, rock. None of the heavy metal stuff. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. Just a little bit of jazz. Rock, rock, Just a little. Rock and Nicole. What do you think? Just I like love that. it. <laughs> the great, great, the great Chris Isaac, everyone. <laughs> and now, just an imitation of somebody that I used to, well, listen to, I suppose, goes like this. of how he was elected Like when he said he's grabbing women all the time Told myself that we would have to see him run the country like his company But that went wrong and then we fixed it in November But 
When we saw him try to hang Mike Pence He decided he did not make sense Then I'll admit that I was glad it was over But you didn't have to go with Trump Oh, no. Even after when he tried to overthrow the election And some of them escaped the cult But you'll just call them a rhino as you <laughs> called their bluff No, you didn't have to stoop so low oh, no. Nominate an insurrectionist to be the house speaker I guess that I don't need that though Now you're just the party that I used to vote Never. Actually, I never voted that party. Now you're but, just okay. the party that I used to vote. Sing it, everyone. Now you're just the party that I used to vote. Let's hope. There are lots of them, let's hope. That is Patrick Fitzgerald, who recently started doing these uh, kind of song parodies. That one parodying Gautier's Somebody That I Used To Know. It's a party that I used to vote, and you'll be happy that I cut away from the video when I did, because it, it zooms out on that um, naked image of the former guy that no, nobody needs to see. No, 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 no. But no. And, and BB in the chat room said, I never voted Republican in my life, nor did I. Though some people that you listen to on the radio kind of did. Uh, not, not me. Never did. My first election because we are coming up on that time of year. My first, uh, the first time I voted, if I remember correctly, is I voted for Jimmy Carter against Ronald Reagan in 1980. And I believe it was my 21st birthday. That's what I remember anyway. I was born in 1959, November 4th, 1980. My 20, that's right. It is correct because, because I know November 4th, 1979 was my 20th birthday, and it was 10 days before that that my mother died. So it's weird how we keep these things. That was also the day that the hostages were taken in Iran. And I remembered thinking, wow, this is a major, like, world event, and my mom's not here, and, you know, the world continues. But so it was the following year. Well, in 1980, my 21st birthday, that election day fell on my birthday. And Ronald, I voted against him. I voted for Jimmy Carter, but Ronald Reagan was elected president. And the next day, they released the hostages in Iran. Wonder if we can pull some of that uh, for to release the hostages in, in Gaza being held by Hamas. Don't know. Um, anyway, I bring this up. Uh, but yes, see, you also voted for Carter in 1980. Yeah, he lost. But um, I, 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 although Jimmy Carter was not our best president ever, I only I can't help but think that the world would be a better place if he had won re-election and <laughs> Ronald Reagan never became president. But, you know, that's, a, that's one of the screenplays that I have swimming around in my mind that one of these years, <laughs> oh, right, I got to finish my book first. You know, have two whole sections written on. Anyway, um, so uh, here we are. Uh, Donald Trump's family, to, they changed the schedule on us. So, look, I was looking forward to my birthday week being seeing Don Jr., Eric, and Vonky all have to take the witness stand. Ivanka has been postponed until next week. They're going to wrap it up with her. So schedule still is, I believe, Don Jr. tomorrow, Eric on Thursday, um, Donald, <laughs> the big man, takes the stand on, I think, Monday, and Ivanka Tuesday and possibly Wednesday. Now, Ivanka is not a defendant in this case, but she is a witness for the prosecution and they plan on wrapping things up with her testimony. So that's all right. My birthday is sandwiched in the middle. It's a perfect gift. The, the only thing that would have made it better is if the thing was televised. And no, it's unfortunately not. That said, so, um, oh, I guess I ate them all already. <laughs> it's Halloween. 
And David, you know, David does the shopping and he went to Costco uh, earlier in the week or last week and he bought a huge thing of Halloween candy and it's the good stuff too. Um, and when I could, <laughs> he's at the dentist, so he's probably not listening. I hope he's not listening because um, last night when I woke up in the middle of the night to pee and uh, I, I, I eyed the Halloween candy and I thought, well, it's tomorrow. It's technically today because it was after midnight. So I, I cut it open because it has my favorite. The hundred grand used to be called the hundred thousand dollar bar. It's now the hundred grand bar. Those are the best because it's got the, the chocolate. It's got the crunchies in it. It's got the caramel, got, got everything. So I had to have one of those. But then I saw there were Reese's cups in there too. And M&Ms and Snickers. <laughs> and Milky Ways and Kit Kat and Twix. So, you know, you can't just have one. Yeah. So anyway, I um <laughs> I I pulled a, a few of them in here and I and I already ate them all. Okay. So, that's Halloween. I'm excited because the 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 um the neighborhood we live in now is is very kid oriented. A uh, one block over, they go all out with the decorations. So, you know, we're I'm afraid we're not going to have enough candy. So yeah, David's at the dentist. I'm eating candy, Nancy. That's how it works around here. All right. So I've got two ways I can go here. So today, look, if you live anywhere in the United States and you watch television at all, especially if you watch news on television, you have been inundated with ads because it is... Medicare open enrollment time again. It started actually two weeks ago. It started October 15th and it runs through, I believe, December 1st. Um, and so there's the Medicare and the, the, the onslaught of, I'm doing air quotes for those just listening to audio, Medicare Advantage plans. Medicare Advantage. And let me tell you, Medicare is neither Medicare advantage is neither Medicare nor is it an advantage. But so um, Wendell Potter will be here today. We love Wendell Potter. I first met him a decade ago, a decade ago when Wendell Potter left his job as VP of, I guess, disinformation at Cigna uh, for profit health insurers, where he his job was to, uh, he was the PR flack. Basically his job was to lie for the for-profit entity for, for whom he worked. And Michael Moore had just released the movie Sicko. And the entire, and Wendell tells the story in one of his many books, the entire for-profit health insurance industry, or as I like to refer to them, the um, health insurance extortionists, because they are, we'll get into it. Uh, they all got together and said, we need to, we need to debunk this guy, Michael Moore, and this movie he put out that was wholly accurate. And they tasked Wendell Potter with leading the charge. Well, Wendell Potter is a brilliant man with a conscience. And I believe he was in Tennessee and he happened upon a healthcare expo that was being put on by a company called, oh God, Remote Area Medical. Now, I had been interviewing the guy who headed up Remote Area Medical um, because I found out about his organization a few years earlier. His name was Stan Brock. And Stan Brock, fascinating man who's no longer with us, unfortunately, but Stan Brock he was the host of, I want to say, Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Or if not that one, one of those. He did one of, and, and, and again, I'm talking to old people here, because this was a TV show that was on the air probably in the 60s, maybe the 70s. Um, uh, and, and he hosted these like nature shows, wildlife shows. And he's, I think he was Australian, and he was doing these remote area medical um, excursions in far-reaching 
areas of the planet where they didn't have doctors, where people couldn't get medical care. And then he somehow, I, one of these days when I'm out, I'll pull out a Stan, maybe the first interview I ever did with Stan Brock because he was fascinating and what a great man. And so I was already a fan of his. And then Wendell Potter get, oh, and so Stan Brock then heard what was happening here in the U.S. where people couldn't afford medical insurance and too many people couldn't get medical care. So he started doing his remote area medical excursions into areas of the United States where people couldn't get care because they couldn't afford it. They were priced out of the system. And Wendell Potter, and I'll, I'll ask him to give us the Reader's Digest version when he joins us, but basically he stumbled upon one, I believe, in Tennessee, and he saw a line seemingly stretching for miles and then walked into the tents and saw American citizens being given free medical care, free dental care, free help. And it just, it hit him in the conscience. He said, how can I do what I'm doing? And he turned whistleblower and he testified before Congress. And it was during the time that Congress was fighting over the Affordable Care Act, what eventually became known as Obamacare. Although the technical name of it is a uh, uh, the Affordable Care Act. So I, a bit, the inside of my lower lip <laughs> feels like there's something in my mouth, but there isn't. So if I'm talking funny, that's why. Anyway, so um, this time of year, I, I, I tried to uh, have Wendell Potter on the show so we could go through what we're being told, number one, by this still for-profit so-called health insurance industry. And um, so Wendell can debunk some of the lies that were being told. So here's the thing. He had a, 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 a an interview or something right now, and I'm watch, keeping an eye on the Zoom because I told him, whenever you're done with that, just come on over and I'll stop whatever I'm doing and we'll bring you on. Okay, so this brings us to a crossroads. And I'll ask the chat, although this is when I hate when there's like a, you know, there's like a 30 second delay between me speaking and when uh, when you guys hear me. But chat room, YouTube chat room, question for you. Would you rather see the video that Mehdi Hassan posted um, regarding about uh, uh, the hospital in Israel, where they're dealing with the victims of the October 7th terrorist attack? Or would you rather see the two videos of um, that, that different hosts on MSNBC put together about uh, Trump? Because go figure that the media is finally realizing that Donald Trump is only three years younger than Joe Biden, but he beats him in infirmity. He, that his mental, his mental capacity is shrinking. He is unfit for office. The things he says are a hell of a lot worse than what comes out of uh, Joe Biden's mouth. Now, Joe Biden stumbles once in a while. He's always been sort of the human gaffe machine. But Donald Trump, he's... um. He's demented. You know, he, he, he's lost it. He lost his shit a long time ago. Stephanie says Mediclip. Dar says the two Trump videos. <laughs> All right. Next one is the tiebreaker. One more comment from the, from the YouTube chat room. I got one vote for Medi, one for, one for uh, the Trump. And you guys, the other the new chatters aren't, aren't, new commenters aren't weighing in. I got one for each. I'll tell you what. So, um, okay, you're still not. So I'm going to go for the Medi because, you know, um, we can always play the Trump. All right. So Medi Hassan tweeted, this is hard to watch, but we must all watch as far too many people on this hell site. He's on the shitter. Um, and elsewhere, have weirdly and cruelly decided that opposing Israel's war in Gaza 
requires them to try and deny the sheer scale of Hamas brutality on October 7th. It doesn't. And so, so Mehdi Hassan posted this video um, that uh, from CNN. And bear with me one second while I get the video up. And you, you know what's going to happen, right? As soon as I get this going, um, <laughs> Wendell's going to show up. But hold on. Let me trade windows here because I'm set up to show that screen and not this screen. So this is what happens when you work without a producer. Um, but okay, so this, um, there was a, a CNN uh, um, correspondent, Sarah Seidner. I want to say um, now what can I, oh, there it is. Uh, who, why can't I find this one now? That's weird. Anyway, I'm going to try to play it and see if I can't bring it up. I can bring it up here. All right, we'll do this way. Three weeks and change after the brutal terrorist attack by Hamas, doctors and forensic experts are working around the clock. They're still trying to identify bodies. They're trying to bring answers for so many families desperately waiting on news as to what happened to their loved ones. As CNN Sarah Seidner reports, one of the challenges is how badly some bodies were mutilated beyond recognition. Huh. A warning, some Horrible. images you're about to see in this report are quite disturbing. These are Hamas militants arriving at Kibbutz Beri on October 7th, terrorizing residents. <laughs> Please, please, my husband is losing a lot of blood. He's going to die. And then you hear the kids say, Mom, hold him, hold him, okay? The army is here everywhere. They're throwing grenades everywhere. They're throwing grenades on us. The last conversation between a mother and son in Kibbutz Beri. Daughter Michal Pinion shared it with us, her last memory of her mother as Hamas descended on her parents' home. Mm. I know after a, I don't know, half an hour, she was writing, help, help. Oh. And then it was quiet. The next time she saw her parents, they were in coffins. Some families have yet to say goodbye. Outside Tel Aviv at the rabbinical Shura military base, inside these containers, there are hundreds of unidentified bodies, many mutilated and in fragments. Oh, man. This place oh my God. is indeed pure. It's holy. It's paradise. But it's also hell. Forensic experts, dentists and rabbis are working day and night to identify the victims of October 7th. The smell is completely overwhelming. I mean, completely overwhelming, I'm even sure. with this on. And it's refrigerated, but some of the bodies are just in pieces. It doesn't take much to be really badly affected by just looking at the, the horror of that. Even those whose job this is are struggling. You see the lack of humanity, and you see pure cruelty. During our um, identification process, um, we heard the screams and we heard the cries of the family that came and they said their last goodbye. Oh. The brutality of the Hamas attack is forcing a change to burial rites here, usually very strict in Judaism. Oh yeah, one day. According to Jewish law, we bury the dead when they're in the ground. In this case, we bury them in their coffins because we want to respect them, but also because there isn't much left of them. Mm. Michal Levin-Ilad and her colleagues say this is the worst thing they have ever seen because of the evidence of torture. I started crying and the other people uh, hugged and the, we have these break, breaking moments because this is... These are atrocious crimes. These are crimes against humanity. You think? This is not regular murder or terror attack or bus explosion. We've seen all of this in Israel, but never anything like this. Never anything like this. What she like does this. know for sure is this is more death and torture than she has ever seen in her career. 
Cemeteries like this one are popping up across the country. Ugh. This is just a temporary grave site that is being dug for the victims of the October 7th Hamas attack. When you look at these graves, you can see the remnants of some of the things they loved in life. But there are some gruesome details. One of these graves, for example, has two bodies from a family buried together. Families are insistent that these temporary resting places are just that, temporary. We don't want them to be buried in another place. They are people of Berry. This is their home. This is their community. They cannot be buried anywhere else. That's because so far, Kibbutz Berry is still under the control of the Israeli army. It's mm. too dangerous to go back. Oh and Kinyan realizes her family is just one of potentially 1,400 having to make this awful decision. Three weeks in, she says they have no idea when they can go home again. And when they can finally bury her parents, Amir and Mati, in their final resting place. So that is a, a video. Oops, sorry. That Mehdi Hassan uh, shared uh, on on um, the Twitter, the shitter, sorry, um, of a, a CNN report of the horrors still faced by the people of Israel who are dealing with the effects of October 7th. By the way, just just so you know, people, you know, um, a lot of this, a lot of people are just learning about the customs and everything. Uh, Tamara noticed the pine boxes that the uh, the Jews that were piled up in Israel from the October 7th attacks are in pine boxes. And she said, since when did they use pine boxes? They don't use coffins like we have. No. Um, in the Jewish religion, the people are buried in pine boxes, very plain, simple pine boxes, not the elaborate coffins that um, um, that that you see uh, in 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 American funerals or or funerals from other religions. Uh, there's so much that you know we don't know about one another, and um, I don't know. Here's my soapbox. Maybe instead of hating each other so much. We should try learning about each other's um, cultures, and that might make us understand each other a little bit more. Uh, Karate Joe says, I've been to Jewish funerals here where they used a coffin. That was probably somebody like me who's a secular Jew or reformed Jew. Um, The orthodox and more conservative Jews use pine boxes. That's what it is. Anyway, on to um, the living So I told you a little bit about our friend Wendell Potter earlier, and now Wendell Potter joins us. Uh, Hey, Wendell, it's it's like we have a date this every time around this time each year. Um, Aren't we lucky to have a reason to have this date? (laughs) Yes, we are, and and it's actually doing a public service to warn people about. You know, I call and and before I ever met you, I referred to the for-profit health insurance industry as government-sanctioned extortionists. Because actually, that's what they are. When you look at how much uh, any medical facility charges uh, their list price, as it were, for any procedure, and then look at what the insurance companies pay, as opposed to what they would charge you as a person without insurance walking in off the street, um, if you, you can pay those higher prices or you can pay the insurance companies um, and keep the prices down for what you're going to owe. To me, that's extortion. And maybe I'm stretching the term a little bit, but I, I don't see a whole lot of difference. No, I agree with you. We're talking about legalized extortion, about uh, uh, mafia-like tactics that this industry engages in uh, and has for a long time. Uh, it's really quite a kind of a syndicate of a few companies that uh, operate this way and have been sending so many of us to the poorhouse and early graves and uh, uh, charging our employers if we get coverage through our work uh, through the workplace uh, exorbitant amounts of money, money that's unnecessary. Right. And, you know, I always I always use my own personal examples because that's look, we're we're all in this boat. And all I can do is refer to what I'm going through and know that so many of the listeners are going through the same thing. Well, Wendell, on Saturday, 
I'll be singing the song, Will You Still Need Me? Will You Still Feed Me? Because I will be 64. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. Thank you. 64. Good good year. Well, no, because I wish I could skip 64 and just turn 65 and get into Medicare. Because what I've discovered is each year you get closer to that, you know, that Emerald City of 65 and real Medicare, the premiums go up and your share of everything goes up and the services that you can access with your insurance go down. So we just moved to Arizona. I escaped from Florida. And so I, I haven't even started with next year yet, but I'm just, I was looking for insurance to get me through this year. And what I noticed is for lesser coverage and higher co-pays and a much higher deductible and out of pocket, um, I, 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 I can get something almost comparable. I mean, it, it's like I'm paying in Florida. I had a, you know, as decent as you can get from a a for-profit insurance company, um, using my Obamacare subsidy, I was paying $144 a month for okay coverage. And I had a, you know, I had a reasonable deductible and a reasonable out of pocket. Well, for a similar plan here to get me through the next two months, 240 some odd dollars, um, $9,000 deductible and $9,000 out of pocket. And you know, what, what I feel like is, okay, so they really want me to die before I hit 65 and I go on Medicare. That's the only assumption a reasonable person can make. Am I that far off? No, you're not. Um, you know, the good news and bad news from the Affordable Care Act is that it it you're no you no longer can be denied coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to offer you a policy, uh, but as you get older, uh, they charge you more. And that was something the insurance industry insisted on and got. Uh, but it makes you know it's just awful because a lot of people as they get into their fifties and sixties, their health is not as good as it used to be. They mm-hmm. have more more cost, uh, typically, and um, often lose their jobs. And it's hard to find another job. So it is uh, it is really penalizing folks in their 50s and 60s uh, right up until you're Medicare eligible. I have talked to so many people over the years, Nicole, sure you have too. They're counting the days yes. until they are Medicare eligible. Right. I, can I protect, can I just say I was born in 1958, not 1959? I mean, I really like, and, and what I told my husband is I have to stay out of the hospital for the next year because, and a lot of people, you know, they look at the, they look at the premium and they look at the deductible and the out of pocket and they don't really dig down deep into the guts of the policy. Well, what I've learned is if I need an MRI or a, a, a CAT scan, which I have to get every year because I'm a lung cancer survivor, uh, I need both of those. I need a brain MRI and a, and a CT scan. Well, I get to pay $300 copay for each, which mm. I, is insane because you can go like to Europe and get an MRI for probably 50 bucks. So there's that. But then if I have to go in the hospital, And I went back and forth on a number of policies and they all have approximately the same. You're for, for in, in hospital stay, the copay for the facility, that's just for the room alone, for these plans that I was looking at anywhere from 1500 to $3,000 a day, a day, not for the stay, not for, you know, a 10 day period or something. Three fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars a day, and then for the doctors, a forty to fifty percent copay. Hmm. So you know I, what I told David is, I, I don't I cannot go into the hospital for the next year. We need to put me in a bubble suit or something, and get me through to November fourth, twenty twenty four, because otherwise, you know what little we have will be gone. No, I, 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 I hear exactly what you're saying. And I know it's it, it, it's such a, a messed up thing, but stay home yes. uh, and don't get <laughs> on traffic. <laughs> uh, don't don't get yourself infected by no. anything. 
No uh, COVID. We've escaped yeah. COVID so far. I cannot get sick. So there's that. Okay. So, you know, open enrollment for the Affordable Care Act begins tomorrow, November 1st. Yeah. What you have any advice for people on the exchanges and how to look like to dig in like I did and see what each thing will cost you and then make your decision? Yeah. And and I think it's something that uh, people need to pay attention to as we look at what's available to us uh, as you're trying to shop for a plan that makes sense. Most of us look almost exclusively at the premium. Yeah. Uh, and you'll see variations. But what you've also got to do is, is look to see what your out-of-pocket exposure is going to be as you were talking. And it might be to your benefit, and in many cases it will be, to pay a little bit more in a premium right. to make sure that your out-of-pocket exposure is affordable. People gamble. It's how we've told people they have to have to do in this country. It's ridiculous. It's kind of like casino health care. Um, you gamble. Uh, you're hoping if you're in a high deductible plan that you're going to have a, another year of good health. You're not going to get hit by a bust, but it doesn't always happen that way. And so many people go broke with insurance after an accident or illness in this country. So my advice to anyone is if you can if you can afford it. And in fact, it might be worth um, trying to sacrifice something just to make sure that your health insurance is not going to bankrupt you uh, if you uh, if you get sick. It's important to have it. Uh, I know folks who still are uninsured, oh. and it frightens me that they are. Uh, uh, but most of them have fairly low incomes. But I, I just worry about them because you need to have something, but preferably one that doesn't have the highest deductible. That's what my advice is. Right. And there's no way really of knowing uh, which ones are the best quality. But look to see certainly. Um, uh, at their networks to find out which doctors and hospitals are in network uh, and uh, and make some calls to make sure that they really are in network because uh, you can pay a lot of money if you inadvertently or on purpose go out of network, um, which is another silly thing because traditional Medicare doesn't have networks. No. All doctors and hospitals in the country participate in Medicare because they need to and want to, but uh, not not so with private plans, including those on the ACA uh, marketplace plans. Okay, so that you know is for for everybody, myself included, for another year under sixty five. Uh, again, if you get your insurance through the exchange, whether it's healthcare.gov, and again. Uh, I went from Florida to Arizona, neither of which have a state exchange, although. It should change in Arizona because they have a Democratic governor now. So got to have a talk with Katie Hobbs. But in the meantime, we go through healthcare.gov. And whether you're going through that or a state exchange, that open enrollment period begins tomorrow, November 1st. So um, start doing your research because, you know, you want to take the time and research what's out there. After all, it's your life and your money we're talking about here. And and the point you made earlier is that uh, you can be eligible for subsidies that reduce the uh, uh, both the premiums and in some cases out of pocket exposure yeah. too. So that's important to know. If you if you f- just think health health insurance is going to be unaffordable, know that d- depending on what your income is, uh, you can get um, reduced premiums because yeah. the government well, will subsidize the cost of your premiums. My pol- the policy that I chose at least for the next two months, I haven't dealt with next year yet, is. Um, Reduced by, I love the the amount of my subsidy, $666 a month. That's, yeah, that's Right. That's what people need to know. You don't have to, uh, uh, you don't have to necessarily pay an arm and a leg for your coverage. So my coverage, what I'm paying is like two something, but because, but if I didn't have the subsidy, it would be eight something, which is ridiculous for the the coverage they give. Yeah, It it is, again, we go back to the extortion thing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, David, do you, you're just coming into, you want to say something? My husband, David is here now. So he's over 65 and David is on Medicare. And we've talked about this before, Wendell, when he went on Medicare advantage simply because, um, there was no premium. I mean, they get you with these $0 premiums and they offer you the world, but in a moment we'll talk about what you lose with that. Well, then finally this year, he was doing a little better, was able to get real Medicare. 
and thank God because he now has a brain tumor. And the thing, and we, one of the reasons we moved to Arizona now instead of waiting a little bit is because he wants to go to the Mayo Clinic. Well, with yes. real Medicare, you can. And yeah. um, the thing is, Medicare Advantage is that same private industry deciding mm -hmm. what they will and will not cover, where Medicare covers everything. Uh, yeah. If he were with a private insurer, a la Medicare Advantage, they could deny him whatever coverage they wanted to. They would say, Oh, you think you need an MRI for that? No, you don't. You know, they could do that. But anyway, David, you had a question for Wendell? Yes. Hi, Wendell. And uh, Wendell and I are connected on LinkedIn also. Um, yeah, hi, David. Good to see you. Good uh, to talk. Wendell, yes. Um, you know, Medicare, regular Medicare has been great. However, there are some things that it's not been great about. Mm. I recently, um, back in July, had a platelet-rich plasma injection into my right knee. And it worked great. My, the, the condition of my knee is night and day. However, Medicare won't pay for it. It was $600, and Medicare will not pay for it. And I called them, and I just told because them. Because they I, say it's experimental. And I told them, I said, this is just plain, simple mathematics. It's more in your interest to pay the $600 and have my knee in decent shape than it is to pay $20,000 to have my knee replaced. So there's that. Um, other than that, like Nicole said, the difference between the Medicare Advantage and the regular Medicare is... I'm able to see a doctor and walk out of the office and not, you know, feel like, oh man, either I didn't get covered or this is going to cost more than I want to pay or, you know, any type of worry in regard to that. And after all the money I had to pay into Medicare throughout my previous career, um, it's a good feeling. So I'm very appreciative of the information that I got from you over the period of time that you've been on with Nicole. And I'm, I just want to say thank you. Well, David, how kind of you to say that. I appreciate that. And I wish you all the best. You might, um, uh, you may not get uh, that covered because uh, uh, private insurers will not cover anything that is considered experimental. Right. They just, I remember that from my Cigna days. It's just, uh, hard and fast rule. Now there can be exceptions. I say I, every neighbor rule has an exception. Um, there are a couple of organizations you might uh, look into and reach out to to see if there's a possibility of appealing it and getting uh, getting a reversal of that denial. Uh, the the Medicare Rights Center, Medicare Rights Center, it's in New York, uh, is one option. You might look at their website, and then there's another outfit called, and a really good one called the Center for Medicare Advocacy, hmm. uh, and uh, both of them are really good organizations. Uh, I work very closely with the folks at the Center for Medicare Advocacy on issues pertaining to Medicare Advantage. They, for years, have been trying to warn policymakers and the public away from those plans, or at least to try to get policymakers to focus on, you got to fix this because it's really out of control and people are are are, are being harmed by Medicare Advantage plans. What? So you might check out one or both of those organizations and uh, and all the best. Uh, the, the thing about uh, Medicare versus Medicare Advantage, and, and Nicole, we might get into this. This is what one. I wanted to get into next. So let's go there because this yeah. is the important part. Yeah, you 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 un, you undoubtedly would find that you would uh, uh, be subject to prior authorization for many many other things, other parts of your treatment that uh, uh, they require that you jump through hoops, uh, and some bureaucrat within the insurance company will be the ultimate decider as to whether or not, even if it says it's a covered benefit, whether you'll get it or not. And they will claim in many cases that it's not medically necessary, medically appropriate. If you ever, uh, anybody who's listening in a Medicare Advantage plan, uh, don't ever take that as a final answer. Appeal, appeal, appeal. Don't, don't just take that. Now, it can be a pain in the butt, but it's important to do that. Only about 11%. I've, I've seen even uh, numbers much lower than that of people who appeal because it seems to be cumbersome and if you're not feeling well uh, uh or you know mentally not uh as strong as you used to be mm. it's 
hard to deal with stuff like that. Oh, it's yeah. another reason to stay away from Medicare Advantage, because as you get older and sicker, you really need to have your 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 best health and strength to be able to fight uh, those insurance companies when you need to or right. have someone can advocate for you. So, you know, the, in, in many cases, Medicare Advantage is no different than what I would get as a prior, you know, buying health insurance on the healthcare exchange. It's exactly. it, it just has a different name, but it's still yeah. managed by a private for-profit healthcare company and they yeah. have final say over what they're going to cover and what they won't. Regardless yeah. of your doctor and in most cases it's not a doctor on the other end making the decision. It's a bean counter, right? That's exactly right. And they these companies try to obscure what uh, uh, is subject to prior authorization. And again, prior authorization is a practice within private insurance companies of uh, second guessing your doctor, of uh, deciding uh, that, well, uh, we're not going to cover that because we don't think your doctor was right or that you really need this. Uh, it's it's a terrible situation, and so many people uh, get their care delayed or ultimately denied, and many people uh, die younger yep. uh, than they should, or they pay out of pocket uh, and go broke. It's, uh, it's just um, the worst. I would never, ever uh suggest anyone get into a medicare advantage by now i know that you've got listeners who'll say i'm in it i like it because uh, they haven't gotten you, sick yet yeah as long as you are not testing the limits and testing what they will do to you if and when you do get ultimately very sick um but it, there's uh, been a number of studies and reports about people as they get older and sicker desperately trying to get out and enroll back in traditional Medicare, you can do that. But there's a there's a catch, because if you uh, enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan when you're first eligible for Medicare uh, and you uh, 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 you 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 will not be eligible for uh, a Medicare supplement policy that's not underwritten. What that means is that when you first become eligible for Medicare, you can uh, purchase a Medicare supplement policy that covers all or most of all of your out, your uh, the twenty percent that they that Medicare yeah. does not cover and whatever yeah. else. Yeah, it's very important if you can do that to get a Medicare supplement policy. But if you enroll first in Medicare Advantage, you miss that window. There's a six month window, I think, in which you can enroll in a Medicare supplement plan without medical underwriting. After that. Uh, you have to go through that process. And if you've got a pre-existing condition or been recently sick or been diagnosed recently with something, uh, you may not be able to get it. Or if they're willing to sell it to you, charge you a lot of money wow. for it. Wow. Just know that they never tell you this stuff in those on those ads nope. you see on TV or the, the, the literature you get. They don't tell you about prior authorization. They don't tell you about uh, the potential for high out-of-pocket cost if you go out of network. And in many cases, networks only cover doctors in your, your local geography. <laughs> yes. If you go back to Florida or anywhere else uh, in a Medicare Advantage plan, uh, you're those not covered. Network. Yeah. Right. Well, it's the same thing with with again a, a, um, a policy through the exchange. What I was covered under Florida Blue. It didn't it wouldn't help me here. So I had to get coverage yeah. to get through the next two months, and then I've got to do something for next year. But one thing you said, Wendell Potter, about how you know with Medicare Advantage, if they deny you something, not to just take that, but to appeal it, that also goes for the consumers who have to go to a for-profit company through the exchange or through your employer, that, that is their practice. So when I was first diagnosed with lung cancer, we go to the hospital, I'm supposed to get a chest, a, 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 a PET scan, I think it was, and they denied me. It was United Healthcare at the time. They denied me. We went back again. The second time they denied me. The third time they finally approved it. And we realized that this is their scam because they figure most people are not going to go back three times. They're just going to yeah. go, oh, well, they denied me. I'm screwed. Woe is me. But after the third time, and again, it involves your doctors and everything else. It's not just you. You got to jump through, as you said, many hoops. But sometimes, especially if it's a test like this, they will come around as they did with me. Um, but they will deny you first because that's how they save money. 
It's how they save money. And they obscure a lot of this information that you can't even get it until you almost enroll. Uh, and then you get this big, thick booklet that you may or may not actually get uh, and or even know that it exists that tells you what the limitations are. So that's really, really important for, for people to know. Because um, I, I, I did a, an affidavit for a lawyer who's filing a lawsuit in Cortland County, New York, in upstate New York. Uh, they're fighting uh, the county's decision to move uh, uh, county employees or retirees into Medicare Advantage oh. plan. That's something that a lot of employers, including the city of New York, has been doing. And retirees there are fighting that as well, too. But here's the thing. Um, uh, the, the, the county has told retirees that United, which is the health plan that they would shift people into, at this point can't tell you what procedures and medications are going to be subject to prior authorization. Oh, God. And they were telling that to the retirees. But I found that there is this book uh, that United publishes, uh, and it lists various things. And then you have to uh, be smart enough to know that if you see two dagger signs at the end of the sentence, that means that that is subject to prior authorization. Oh. And it runs the gamut from mental health to cancer care to medications to imaging. Uh, it's 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 so corrupt, so bad that uh, these companies are able to get away with what they're able to get away with. But it's just, it's a, it's a travesty. Again, government-sanctioned extortion. David's back. What, what? Hey, Wendell, I had a follow-up. You, you were mentioning about appealing. Well, I appealed the Medicare denial of the coverage for the, uh, or I called, excuse me, about appealing the denial of the coverage for the platelet-rich plasma injection. And the, the, the person at Medicare... Um, the first person was clueless, so I spoke to a supervisor, and the supervisor said, "No problem, you can appeal it. We'll, you know, walk you through the process, but I want you to know that the process will take at least a month before you'll ever get any kind of feedback from us. And even then, once the if the appeal is successful, then you'll get a check." I said, "Oh, okay, cool. How long after that?" And the person said, "150 days." No, yeah. my well, God. that's, you know, that's that regular Medicare. That, and, and again, because this is deemed a, an experimental procedure, but it worked. And the, and the, and the thing is, if he hadn't gotten that, he would have had to have surgery on his knee, which would have been a whole lot more expensive than the $650 that we're out of pocket on that they wouldn't pay. Yeah, that, you know, that's that shouldn't be. No. Uh, and uh, I know all everybody's time is scarce these days, but I would uh, reach out to your member of Congress. We did. Uh, and <laughs> this is what happened to me. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, this shouldn't happen to people. Uh, what do you think? Can you can you do something about this? Can you help me in my case? Uh, because they I can assure you they have connections with the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Yep. And they listen to members of Congress. When you, if you become a squeaky wheel, uh, if you can get a uh, somebody in the media to uh, reach out to, um, see, you know, CMS is a huge bureaucracy. But if you can get your congressman uh, uh, to go to bat for you or uh, help out in some way, uh, they have constituent services. It would it would be worth trying. Yeah, you know, it is worth trying. But uh, but having dealt with leaving Florida, I mean, this is getting really personal, but I'll tell you a quick one. Um, do not if you get insurance through the exchange, uncheck the box that lets them automatically re-enroll you in the following year, because mm -hmm. they did that with my daughter, who was on a, a policy through the exchange she had, during the course of the year, gotten uh, uh, promotions and a better job. And it turned out at the end of the year, she earned too much and had to pay back the subsidies that she got. We should all have those problems, right? But for the next year, when we were going through it, uh, we went through her application and it kicked back. It said, you're not, avail you're not eligible for a subsidy because you're making too much money. So at that time, we stopped her application on the exchange and, and they warn you, don't, don't delete this application, you know, do, whatever. It's like very stern language. Don't delete the application. So we didn't stupidly. And mm. she got insurance through her employer. Well, they automatically re-enrolled her with the subsidy that she was not eligible for. Mm. 
And so now not only was she and they were debiting her bank. And the thing is, she never noticed it because it was a small amount because she's young and healthy. And and the the thing it said, IU 65, it didn't say health insurance. It didn't say the name of the company. And, you know, she's a flighty kid. She wasn't paying attention. It was like 100 bucks a month. And so now when we discovered it, it was September or it was August or September. So she was already nine months into this where she had not only paid $100 a month, but she's going to be charged back $350 a month for the subsidy that she wasn't eligible for. And when we called CMS, we called the exchange, we, we appealed it and they all, and we went to Florida blue and they all said, nothing we can do about it. You were in automatic enrollment. Yeah. One more way to catch it, right? Gotcha. Yup. Again. Uh, And we went to the congressman and the congressman said, well, we spoke to CMS and they said you were in automatic enrollment and this is why it happened that way. And now good luck to you. Like, really? So my kid's going to be out $3,000 at the end of the year. Yeah. Well, that, that your advice is really, really good and very solid. Uh, if you don't check that box, uh, be sure to uh, note on your calendar not to let it slide. Yeah. Because you don't want to go through a period of time without insurance. So just make sure there's no gap in your coverage. But I agree with you. You should you should not auto enroll. A lot most people do. I know because I did. Pain, it's such a pain in the butt to go through the process. Yep. That people can say, Shit, I'm going to do it once. And then just be set, and uh, they don't realize that they can probably get a better deal. Um, and um, so it's it's best not to have that automatic. Yeah, available. and they will, they will do it. <laughs> and and again, they already denied her the subsidy, yet they enrolled her in a plan, giving her the subsidy. To me, I, and and uh, you know, if we had money for a lawyer, I'd say, you know what, challenge this thing. Because this is not okay. But they realize most people just like, you know, fighting a denial. They're not going to do it because it costs time and money. Yeah, for sure. You're exactly right. It's time. Yes, time and money. It's ridiculous. So we've got a few minutes left, Wendell Potter. What, uh, you know, we've already warned people Medicare Advantage is not Medicare and it's not Advantage. And I think the word is getting out. um, So more people understand that. But they're yeah. still now now they're touting it as Medicare Part C. Are, they're doing everything to confuse us, aren't they? Oh, they really are. I've, I've seen ads that and supposedly uh, CMS is going to be cracking down on misleading advertising and fraudulent advertising. And maybe they've done some, but I've seen ads similar to what you said. People think that um, they are just eligible for Part C and all you have to do is you, but you need to call uh, to make sure you're getting it. People don't understand that this was cobbled onto the Medicare program in 2003 um, by members of Congress uh, and the president at the time that were really beholden to insurance companies to open the door for Medicare Advantage to grow like it has. Um, but, but yeah, it's it's the, the advertising is is uh, very very confusing. People think, well, I'm eligible for Part C. Why should I better take advantage of it? Uh, and I I also worked with lawyers. Uh, one in Oklahoma, uh, a woman was duped into signing up for Medicare Advantage. These guys, these companies resort to all kinds of unethical and illegal practices. And they, and they for the most part, get away with it. People don't know that uh, a lot of the things that they're doing are really shady mm-hmm. and often illegal. Yeah, no, they don't. And that's why, you know, I so appreciate you coming on and and talking with us about this. You know, before you came on, I gave a little bit of your background of how you were VP of communications for Cigna and Michael Moore's film came out and the whole industry sort of went to you to debunk it. But you knew that what he was saying was true. And then you stumbled upon one of Stan Brock's remote area medical excursions. And I think it was in Tennessee. And 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 that. gave you a whole new perspective. Um, and, and still to this day, and that was what a dozen years ago or more. It was about a dozen years in, uh, 20, um, 2007 when, when that happened, Stan Brock sadly passed away about five years ago. There's a wonderful movie that's called, uh, medicine man. Uh, the, the story of Stan Brock. Oh, nice. I didn't know. Yeah. And it's, it's available, I think on streaming services, uh, or platforms. I would check it out on, um, I think it's November the 
10th or something. I, uh, there's a, an article about it. I think we may have it on my website or we soon will about um, uh, about the they're going to have a, a one day showing of the movie across the country. And it's it's really a, a very good film about a man and remote area medical, which does the Lord's work in this country. Shouldn't have to be. Shouldn't uh, have even to be. Country. And they're still doing it after Stan's death. The, the uh, organization lives on. And was he mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom? Yeah, yeah that's He's back in the day. He yeah. was this young strapping guy who uh, wrestled alligators and uh, uh, boa constrictors. It was he was quite the uh, the guy. Uh, and a lot of those were filmed in in Africa, South America. Right. And yeah, uh, he was he saw so much poverty and and the lack of access to health care that he formed Remote Area Medical to fly U.S. doctors to these remote communities in South America. Then he started getting rumors. Had oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. I'm sorry. I opened the wrong region. Of Russia. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Wendell, I opened a, a window to try to get your, uh, the, uh, URL of your thing. I, and I, I sabotaged us. Sorry about that. Um, continue please. Yeah. But he started getting requests from communities in, in the U S can you please bring one of your expeditions to our expeditions, town? Right. Uh, and it and it just became such a thing that most of these uh, outdoor clinics that they do, not all of them are outdoor, but a lot of them are at county fairs and gymnasiums, um, are in this country. Uh, the vast yes. majority of the U.S. now. Just I, in the sad shape of our healthcare system. It's really sad. Um, yeah, I, and I had interviewed Stan Brock a number of times before we ever met because mm-hmm. I had I'd stumbled upon something about him and I was I was blown away by everything he was doing. And I, I was fortunate enough to have him on this program a couple of times over the years before he died. So um, I will look out for the film because I, I have... Uh, he's one of my heroes, um, as are you, Wendell Potter. Wendell Potter, these days you are, I mean, uh, you're a, a New York Times bestselling author. You've written about um, all of this that we've discussed today and then some. Deadly Spin, an insurance company insider, speaks out on how corporate PR is killing healthcare and deceiving Americans, was the first one that told of, you know, you coming forward as a whistleblower and still to this day, no other a current or former health insurance industry um, executive has done so. You're it. I'm it. I'm trying to encourage more to do that. It's a, it's a scary proposition, I'll tell you that. But I, I know that there are a lot of people who share my uh, the, the same feelings I had. This is just not morally the right thing to do. No. They feel, feel trapped and they're afraid to speak out. Ugh, it's horrible. Um, right now, what you should do is subscribe to Wendell Potter's Substack. Go to wendellpotter.substack.com. It's the healthcare uncovered um, uh, uh, newsletter. And what else? Where else can we find you? What else should people be looking at? Follow me on X, formerly Twitter, if you still go there. It's uh, at Wendell Potter. At Wendell Potter. Uh, and uh, check out the Center for Health and Democracy. Center for Health and Democracy.org is our uh, our, our nonprofit organization. Uh, but yeah, uh, sign up. It's free for our newsletter. You can pay if you've got a, a, an extra do- dollar or two, but uh, don't feel you have to pay for it. It's uh, it's something I want every I want everyone to to have our content available to them free. Definitely, and there's great information there. You learn a lot. I always do every time I read something you've written or talk to you, Wendell Potter. I am forever grateful that you have that you stood up. Um, all those years ago and that you've become a friend and I so appreciate your input on the show all the time because we learn from you. Anytime, Nicole. So such a big fan of yours and David's. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, we will talk again soon and, um, uh, and we won't wait another year. Thank you so much, Wendell Potter. Oh, take, care. take care. Bye-bye. Um, he really is uh, just an American hero, Wendell Potter. You can find his testimony before Congress when he first came forward on YouTube, just do a search for Wendell Potter. You will realize what an American hero he is. And he is. All right. With that, we're done for today. Tomorrow. Oh, I left the book inside. Too bad. Joan Walsh. You know her from The Nation. You knew her from Salon.com and MSNBC before that. She has a new book out written with Nick Hanauer, who is one of the few um, good billionaires 
and um, oh God, I'm David Cohen, I think. I, I'm drawing a blank on the third person. But it is, it, it's such a unique book. Um, and Joan Walsh will be here tomorrow to tell us about it. It's about the corporate bullshit and the lies they've been telling us through the years. And more than prose, more than writing about these corporate uh, examples of, cor- excuse me, corporate bullshit, they show you in this book. It is unique. It's wonderful. It's great bathroom reading because actually you're reading about shit anyway. So, you know, um, it, it works out that way. And on that note, all right, we're done. Uh, tomorrow, Joan Walsh and whatever the day brings. And a reminder, Thursday, Howie Klein, Friday, Marcy Wheeler. Here we go. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you got a lot out of that. If you have any questions, look, I've been through uh, the ringer with health insurance. Feel free to email me. You can email me anyway, Nicole at NicoleSandler.com. I read everything I respond to most. Um, And what else? Uh, What else did I want to tell? There was something I wanted to tell you. Um, Whatever. Have a happy Halloween. Don't eat too much candy. But be nice to your trick-or-treaters because they're cute kids. Okay? Okay. All right. Um, with that, I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, uh, as oh, oh, and I know what I was going to say. And uh, keep those donations coming. Uh, a few of you really stepped up yesterday, and I really appreciate it. You know I hate asking for money, and I wouldn't if I didn't have to. But I guess that's part of this gig economy thing. And those of us who work for tips or donations. And that's me. So uh, NicoleSandler.com is the website. By the way, it's open. There's tons, tons and tons of content there. Every show I've ever done, none of it's behind a paywall. And a lot of the music stuff I did is there. And some writings that I've done that are not available anywhere else um, are all there. There's tons of stuff there. I'll give you a hint. Look at the About Nicole tab because there's a lot of writing and and music interviews and stuff. And there's stuff, there's content. And um, if you get anything out of it and you don't um, already contribute to the support the show, I hope you will. Okay. NicoleSandler.com. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you again for listening, everybody. And always thanks to Wendell Potter. All right. Stay safe and peace, please.